Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 200 of the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Wow, what a ride it's been. It doesn't seem that long ago since we did episode 100, and now here we are, 100 episodes later. Well, what can I say? Um, it's been so much fun. The podcast is by far the most fun thing that I do. I just love turning on the microphone and uh, talking to you guys and answering questions. And I feel like, you know, this is the place where you get to listen to me pretty much uncensored. You know, I don't edit the podcast. I just, what you here is like the stuff that just comes through my brain. So I feel that this is the most authentic that um, that I am, and it's a real pleasure to be able to do it. I There's only one person that I would really like to thank, and that is you. Because without you listening to this podcast, I wouldn't make it. There would be no one listening to, 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 to the podcast, no one to support it, no one to give me feedback when I ask for it. Um, no one to to speak about it on on social media and say how you've enjoyed it to share episodes with your friends you are who makes this podcast possible and I do it for you so I want to say thank you so much for all your support whether you've been listening for the last 200 episodes um, or you've only just found the podcast whatever it may be um, thank you I really uh, appreciate your your support now in episode 100 I asked you to submit voice notes with uh, with your favorite tips, I guess, the things that you've learned from the podcast. And that was a fantastic episode. You can go back and listen to that uh, episode 100. If you can't find it on iTunes, because sometimes they limit the numbers, you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 100. And that will um, that will pop up there. So you can you can go back and listen to that. Um, and so today I wanted to do something a bit different. So I was thinking, well, what shall I do? What would be both like interesting but also a bit different and change things up a bit so what i decided to do was to invite two other language podcasters onto the show to have a discussion about language learning and they are chris from actual fluency and kirsten from the creative language learning podcast and we have a long unstructured rambling conversation we have a we are we have some drinks i can't remember exactly what we were drinking but I wanted to try and uh, lubricate the conversation a little bit. And we uh, talk about things that matter to us, which include how we learn languages, how other people learn languages, what we think of the language learning industry, whether we practice what we preach, all of these things. It's basically you get me, Chris and Kirsten, uncensored, talking about the most, the kind of deepest, darkest depths of uh, of the language learning world. It is a, I suppose, a bit of a... Um, self-serving conversation in the sense that we talk about things that we want to talk about. Uh, usually every episode is aimed at your questions and what you want to know, but this is really about us. And I thought it would be interesting for you to listen in on the three of us just talking openly about things that matter to us. So I, I hope it is interesting. I mean, I guess <clears throat> either you're going to find this very frustrating and boring or else hopefully really exciting. And, uh, you know, hopefully one of those two, hopefully it will be the latter. But uh, either way, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It's long. It's unstructured. We haven't edited a thing. The audio quality as well is not always the best. So apologies for that. But I hope you enjoy it. Before we get to that, I would like to thank the other important person that needs thanking. And that, of course, is the sponsor of the show who helped to contribute to making sure that this podcast 
is viable and continues. And it is, of course, the wonderful uh, language teaching company, italki. And if you have not yet used italki, if you've heard me say italki 2,000 times on the podcast and you haven't yet taken a lesson with them, well, why not make this a resolution now to go and try <laughs> a lesson with italki? One very compelling reason to do that is because when you sign up through my link, you get $10 worth of free credit, which means you can literally take uh, probably two or three trial lessons for free. Now, that is going to be great for anybody, even if all you do is sit there and practice your language for a little bit. So go ahead and, and give them a try. You won't regret it. The link to get that free credit is IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, without any further ado, I'd like to present the this this very interesting and fun, at least for me, uh, conversation to celebrate episode 200 of the podcast. I'll be back at the end, but I hope you enjoy. <laughs> all right, I'm here live with two people who will be familiar to all of you if you know about language podcasting, which means uh, it, they might not be familiar to any of you. But anyway, I wanted to talk to these guys because they're two of my favorite people and they're in the language podcasting business which not many of us are so it's a small mm. it's a small crowd it, i'm with kirsten i always want to say kirsten hammers but it's not kirsten hammers it's kirsten cable i don't know why it i hasn't get been kirsten hammers for i know nearly two years i know it's just one of those things it's like lindsay dow it's just always going to be lindsay yeah. dow. <laughs> um i'm here with kirsten cable and with chris broholm um who both have language podcasts and we're mm. going to talk about that but first chris what are you drinking I am drinking a, a whiskey that's almost as old as me. Um, in the whiskey world, you have a, kind of a, there's an unwritten rule, well, not really, but you're not supposed to drink whiskey that's older than you. So I've got a, a 1989 um, single malt. So it's very smooth and cast strength. So it's very good. Can we? Can you hold it up to the camera for those people watching on YouTube? I can try. Nice. Okay. Kirsten, uh, lovely. Kirsten, what have you got? I've got. See, I've been saving this, so I'm going to see if we can get some good audio on this. That was a bit anticlimactic. <laughs> uh, I have uh, Italian lager brewed with pure mountain water from the Italian Alps. So I think basically I have uh, fake Peroni from Marks and Spencers. Um, <laughs> But I'm, what matters is I'm opening it with a bottle opener from my family business, which I think I'm supposed to plug. My family make wine. Just in case you're watching and you like wine, you should buy wine from my family. Is it any good? <laughs> is it any good? <laughs> yes, it's yes. We've been we've been making wine for about 150 years, so I think we've figured it out by now. Okay. Uh, my brother, I think, is generation seven. He's taking it further. Well, I feel like a bit so like I've grown up in vineyard. I feel a bit like the poor relation here because I've got um. Let's hold it up, see if you can see this. It's a speakeasy uh, powder keg, transatlantic pale ale. Oh, New, fancy. Uniting robust malt and epic fruitness, fruitiness with balanced bitterness and a clean finish, this remarkable beer stimulates the mind and loosens the tongue. Ooh. Which is basically exactly what we want. So here we are, episode <laughs> 200. Prost. Yeah, prost. Salute. Skull. Chin, chin. Uh, here we are, episode 200 of uh, of this podcast, the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. And I remember when I, when I got to episode 100, I thought it was quite cool. And um, and we did this cool thing where I got 
everybody to send in an audio file, an audio message of something they'd learned about language learning from listening to my podcast or else from uh, something else, whatever it may be. And it was this big compilation. So I was thinking, well, what should we do for episode 200? And, um, and I thought, well, I should just do something that I really want to do, like something that's kind of fun for me. And hopefully then by extension, it will be kind of fun for everybody else to listen to um, and a little bit different. So I thought I'd invite you guys to just chat. And I haven't told, like, for everybody listening, like, I haven't told these guys what we're going to talk about. Like, they don't know anything. They're just here. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's how much we trust Ollie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is kind of cool. Um, but very briefly, uh, who are you and what do you do? Would you like to go first, Chris? Um, sure. I'm a 29-year-old Dane and I have the actual Fluency podcast where I try to find a secret to uh, these uh, successful polyglots and how can somebody learn lots of languages and, and be really good at it when I can't seem to learn a language for, you know, crap. <laughs> and um, that's basically started a couple of years ago and uh, been doing that ever since. I just reached uh, episode 100 a couple of months ago. So I'm obviously <clears throat> a little bit behind Ollie, but... Um, yeah, but I do two, I do two episodes still... a week, so... Um... Yeah, Obviously. You, you, well, you, you do a good job with it, by the way. I've got to say. Thank you very much. And um, what's that? I said, I said thank you um, for, the, for the compliment. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Well deserved. And um, I guess my unique uh, angle to the language learning is sort of the, you know, normalizing it in a way so it's not always the, oh, the 20 language polyglot or the guy who can learn it in four weeks or. I'm more into how can anyone really get it into their lives in, in whatever capacity they can really afford time-wise. And so for me, I'm just you know trying to learn as much as I can. And I understand that I can't, I can't be someone like Oli, I can't be someone like Benny, but I can do my own style and have a lot of fun with it. And you know I won't be fluent in three months or six months or whatever, but eventually I'll have a, a nice level that I can yeah. take there. Well, so ben, Benny that's doesn't... sort of the descriptive version. Benny doesn't have a podcast, so... You know. <laughs> that's true that's true so you're already I'm one of yeah <laughs> uh kirsten how about you um i'm kirsten cable not hammers Sorry. uh and my my husband yesterday he sort of jokingly made up a job title for me and i really like it he called me a course designer and bloggeress <laughs> so <laughs> i am a course designer and bloggeress <laughs> which I really love. So I'm going to keep using that. Um, I run a website called fluentlanguage.co.uk. Um, I've been blogging about languages for five years now, uh, nearly five years. And I, I also podcast. And if you want kind of quantity, it seems like you have to go to Ollie's podcast. And if you want quality, you have to go to Chris's. So if you if you want <laughs> Hang on either, a I'm here. <laughs> no. Um, oh. I, I run a show called the Creative Language Learning Podcast. We haven't actually had an episode since um, last August. Um, it was me co-hosting it with Lindsay Dow, who is now called Lindsay Williams. So we're all getting married and stuff. But I actually really, really miss podcasting. So it is coming back. The Creative Language Learning Podcast will have new episodes by july this year 2017 i really Ooh. miss podcasting i awesome. really enjoy it um and language wise i i've learned languages since i'm 
again a different angle on this whole polyglot thing I guess like like we all are this is what I love about this like we're all individual people who kind of are about the same thing but none of us are doing it in the same way um I I didn't fail at languages in school or come out of school thinking I can't do languages like so many people who are sort of adult self-teachers feel they have to overcome this thing um whereas I was just like first English lesson I was there I was there like I'm I'm originally German just in case uh, people didn't know that but you Germans yeah, are amazing like... you're so good at English you Germans <laughs> like, the number of Germans I've met who are just so unbelievably good at English it's scary uh, we're a self-critical lot I think we set ourselves high standards um and and we we get taught English really intensively in school but yeah I was just like I was there I was loving it instantly um I've learned I learned like five languages in my secondary school and just happened to have a school that I really enjoyed um and for me like I don't know I feel like often I write about and create products that are yes about languages and about my nerdery but also about just this sort of challenge and adventure of self-teaching that I don't always I don't think I took to that instantly I don't think I'm necessarily like you know I, I, I didn't come at this from a sort of self-improvement angle I was just like love it love it love languages love it I did a master's in translation studies I was like yeah I'm a translator and then at some point I was like oh somehow like I've run out of language lessons that other people have always put into my life that I could just like and yeah, then well, I had to somehow find a way to learn it by myself. Let's talk about this because this is so, this is this is interesting. This is this is um it's you know, I, Yeah, I don't see I don't have a plan for what we're gonna talk about here and everybody listening is, pro- <laughs> is probably thinking I can see this episode is like three hours long on my podcast player. <laughs> Am I gonna have to sit here for three hours? But I just thought that we can I I thought we, this would be what would be really cool is to actually just explore these different issues that come up and, and see what it is that we think about. Because that's one thing you've just mentioned, and why don't we just why don't we just dive straight into that? Because how did we all get into this, and why have we why are we people on the internet with podcasts talking about language learning? I mean, it's not natural. Yeah, if I can jump in, because I'm sort of on the train. Go on. Um, it, I think the thing that got me into the idea of self teaching and how self teaching a language can work best is the fact that I started tutoring it. Um, I was in, because I didn't really, I wasn't really into learning more languages for myself. I was kind of happily maintaining English and French and sort of, you know, picking up bits and bobs of Russian, not really setting myself any big goals. Um, but then I I suffered a, you know, a sort of career crash situation where I, I, w- I wasn't able to continue the job I was working in. I had to sort of look around and go, what am I doing? Ah! Um, so I started language tutoring and I came across the people who hired me were all these like, I think that was the first time I realized how different it is for people when they're not in school. Cause I learned a lot in school and that I could take with me and a lot of confidence as well. And when was this? But I had what year big, was this? What? Um, when I started tutoring? Yeah. 2012. So did you start the website at the same time? Did you start blogging and teaching? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So my first website was like I stole. Um, I had this my my hairdresser had this business card. She went mobile. She she used to like be a salon hairdresser and then she became a mobile hairdresser. This is going somewhere. Um, and her card said, "Mobile hairdresser, you can come to me or I can come to you." And I was like, "That's amazing! <laughs> That's the best 
and worst sentence at the same time and put it straight on my website. I was like, mobile language tutor, you can come to me or I can come to you. <laughs> that was my first website. It was it was always uh, fluentlanguage.co.uk because I was scared that my boss in my full-time job would find out. So I had to like make up a company name. Otherwise, it would have just been like Kirsten's language or some stuff like that. It'd be Kirsten's languages. So you, <laughs> Kirsten, <laughs> so you started like... So you kind of had a career shock. You started teaching. Yeah. Langu- you started teaching languages, mm-hmm. and you started blogging about that at the same time. Did you have anything to write? About? If you just like, how did you like? How did you write, blog about stuff if you hadn't actually been doing it before that point? Or was it just about the stuff just you, in- as a learner? Like, no, it started with I had about. I think I had. I don't know. You might have met me before. I have a lot to say about everything, but. Um, I just had all these blog articles, I feel like, backed up inside of me that were just rants about British people I had met because I had worked in a British office, in an international office, where, like, me and the other German girl were the only people who spoke foreign languages. Ah! Oh, oh, and the, the English, um, English, English Indian guy who speaks Urdu, who never spoke Urdu at work. So... It was like I was in one of those classic offices where people just give you all those lines. Oh, I could never learn languages. Oh, you have to be seven years old to learn languages. Oh, this this is the reason why I can't. This is the reason why I can't. This is the reason why I can't. And I was just... So my first, I think, 10 to 15 blog articles were just me going, no, you can do it. This is bobbins. This is nonsense. Here is a myth. Here is a myth. And I just went like myth busting. So you came at it from um, this angle of like, okay, I've... I've kind of done yeah. this. I, I've done this. Like, so, so you can, you can too. And that's quite different from you, Chris, right? Because you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically, I mean, yeah, we've, you've talked openly about this before, so we can, you know, we can bring it up here. Mm. But, but you've like, for you, language learning and the and the the the, the language learning community has been like a, a catalyst for other stuff for you, right? Mm. Yeah, like. Um... <clears throat> I started all this language learning. I mean, I was just to uh, just to uh, add to what Kirsten said. I was also fairly successful with languages in school. Uh, I my German is actually quite good. After yeah, I had it for like five or eight years, but you know, one or two lessons a week. It's not really that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually have a really good level in English and German now. I uh, keep hearing school. him say this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, can so, so ambitious I, uh, I actually did really well. Yeah. Uh, we can make a, a German podcast for one day when Kirsten launches her German site. But um, to get back to the story, I was actually quite successful. But then, because of everyone, it was so weird for people to like languages in my in Denmark. It was like people hated German. Like they could do English because they watched English movies and shows. But German was just like, oh, why do we have to learn this? I'll never speak to German people, and there's no good German television and blah blah blah. Um, so I didn't actually do anything with languages after German. And um, so I didn't even think about it for like 10 years, 15 years maybe, uh, until I was at a sort of a crossroads in my life where I just kind of flunked university, was feeling really depressed and didn't really know what to do with my life. And I just randomly came across like the language learning community by uh, Benny's blog. And I was just like, three this months. guy is traveling the world. Exactly. Uh, this guy is traveling the world learning languages. And I was just like... I'd like to travel the world. And I thought, languages, well, if you learn languages, you must be able to find something to use them for. Like, if I learn 
uh, Russian. I'm sure there are that many Danish Russian speakers, you know, <laughs> that it can't be a, a huge overcrowded market anyway. So I thought, okay, I'll just start learning languages. And, and, and it was just kind of a split decision. I didn't really think it through. And so I you wanted to, what, do you want to travel? You wanted to sort of travel and be a traveler and a language blogger sort of thing? Well, not, not necessarily a language blogger. I thought that just the idea of getting out of Denmark and just traveling around, seeing more of the world, because I'd done a, a limited amount of traveling before then. But every time I did, I was really excited about it. Just even going to England, which is very similar to Denmark in many ways, was mm. very exciting. So I wanted to do more of that. And, and for me, it was just like, everything else sucks. I might as well give this uh, language learning a, a, a whirl. And it was two months later was the Polka Gathering. And I really never looked back. I just kind of uh, registered for it uh, out of, thin air and um, yeah, yeah so that was a very different story yeah travel good. is like a big influencer for all of us isn't it in our own ways i think so mm. yeah i yeah it has been for me i, I don't know like I've, I've got a weird relationship with travel i love traveling but at the same time like it just never seems to be as good as i is it, is it as i think it is <laughs> you know <laughs> like, traveling is so cool but maybe, maybe it's just a, an age thing i don't know because when i was like early twenties and stuff, like you couldn't keep me off a plane. You know, mm. I was just, I was just all over the place. But now, like, I, I don't, I almost don't really want to travel anymore. And yeah, I know. I'm just being honest. Like, I don't know people. I, I mean, I do, I do, I guess, travel a fair bit, but I, I try to really minimise it for a whole number of reasons. Um, but you see, what's I, your story? You, Come well, on, you have well, to well, add your story. Well, too. people, but people listen to this and know my story, like inside out so i'm not going to go over that again but i mean it well you know okay in a, in a word uh i you know i guess i i mean i started learning yeah so typical english uh guy no left school with no languages other than the kind of hazy recollection of some french lessons at school and then suddenly got hit with a bug when i was about 19 spent Learned, you know, spent a few years learning languages, then stopped for ages, and then went to Japan, started it up again, and then a few years later started a blog, and um, and like so, the language learning that I do now, this is the thing. I've got a whole bunch of things in my head right now, listening to you guys talking. Actually, and the first thing I want to point out is this is a conversation. In case anybody hadn't picked up on this fact, this is a conversation that I'm having with two non-native speakers of English. Yeah. And you guys are just used to it because you're just so used to speaking English. But, you know, for all the, for just to kind of plant a flag for, there for, for a second, you know, this whole kind of concept of, you know, can you learn a second language as an adult and all that stuff. I mean, I just, I just think it's amazing that I'm here having this level of conversation, which is, in, you know, totally native-like in every, in every way with a couple of non-native speaker, non-native English speakers. And I just think that's, that should be something that we take sort of sit and take stock of in terms of achievement and what's possible because you know you I'm talking to two people that have done it and I think it's mm. um I think it's fantastic it's odd, like I don't know how you feel about it Chris but for me it's almost like well it's only english right <laughs> it's not as like that I don't feel like my english level is as high an achievement for me personally when we're talking about you know we learn because we want to feel like we've achieved something amazing i feel if i could do this in french it, you know when i can do this in welsh then i've achieved something whereas english is almost because we 
English, you know, it's kind of expected of you to to have some level, right? In Western Europe, for sure. I mean, it might be mm -hmm. interesting to compare to somewhere like Russia or South yeah. America, where people know the value of English, but it's not integrated enough into their culture where they actually get to a high enough level. So they'll most of them will speak a very limited amount of English with, or maybe have a thick accent or something. But in the Western Europe, for instance, you have near native speakers who barely did anything uh, by themselves. Like I did nothing. Like I can tell you for Russian, what books I use, what websites I use, what YouTube videos I watched, uh, like all this active learning for English. I've never done anything. I only showed up for English classes in school and then I played video games and watched TV. Mm. Of course, it's taken me 29 years to get to this point, but you know, um, that that's the difference for me. And I don't, I don't feel like you. I don't feel like it's an achievement because yeah. I just, I didn't do anything. I just, I okay. was just there. But then, know? what do you say to all the other people, all the people listening to this podcast who are English learners and who yeah. are in all these different countries who are really trying so hard to learn English and finding it really hard and struggling? Like, yeah. how do, how do we reconcile this? Because I think, you know. There are a lot of people, especially in Western Europe, and I think Western Europe is a bit of an oddity, where mm. you get people from other countries who have a near native level of English, and they kind of and, and like just like you guys have said, it's kind of expected of you. And you hear people say, "Yeah, well, English doesn't count because, well, we we yeah. grew, we grew up speaking it, and everybody it's expected that you speak it. If you work professionally across Europe, you're probably using English at work to a high level. So, how what do you say to these people who are learning English as a foreign language and, and, and struggling? I don't feel like it was quite the same for me because Germany is, you know, ha Germany has way more German media. So I wasn't surrounded by English media in the same way that you are in Denmark. I think Denmark tends to subtitle, whereas Germany yeah. tends to dub uh, TV, which makes a big difference. And radio is, you know, um, honestly, I've... I, I worked. I, I really worked on my English. Um, but the the beautiful thing about English that, that I've always felt compared to any of the other languages I've learned. And when I'm teaching German, I, I know that teaching German, people think is really, really hard learning German because German, you have to know so much structure and grammar, like up front before you can start having fun. Whereas in English, you can have fun quite early, <laughs> you know, like you don't. There is there isn't as much grammatical um, prescriptiveness, so I think with English, it's not a blemish, it's not a failing on your part if you're not like perfect or if you have an accent or anything like that. Forget about it. Like it really doesn't matter, and take advantage of the fact that British and American culture like dominate the heck out of media and maybe even the internet, many corners of the internet. Um, and, you know, I'm still talking broad brush, but I have to, right? Um, and and really just start looking for something that you enjoy. It's a bit like like Spanish. I felt like this in Spanish as well, that I I didn't really, I didn't feel so bound to being perfect. And okay. I think I wanna, English, lens, I wanna, English I wanna, lends itself to that really okay. well. I want to I want to cut through this a bit because we're in danger of kind of giving generic advice, aren't we? But in your case, Kirsten, 
I mean, wind, yeah. the, wind the clock back. What actually made it, where, where, where was the tipping point moment? I mean, where did you go from, you know, young little girl, Kirsten, who knew a few words of English, like, where did it yeah. actually change to the point where you're like, okay, I, this is my language now. I dominate this language. Like, what do you put it down to? And then, Chris, I'm going to ask you the same question afterwards. I think what made a massive difference for me is when I was sort of 14, 15, 16 in school, um, I obviously took English in Abitur, so I sort of had intensive course English. We did so much literature, and it's weird. I'm feeling this way with Welsh as well now. It's like um, when you can read, when you can read literature, and your language skill doesn't stand in the way, but literature is really from there. It really tells you something about this place. So one book that really stands out in my memory that we did in English is we did in English class is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We also did Catcher in the Rye. So when I was like 15, I read those. And they really work for teenagers, I think. So you're putting this down to school. You're saying you got to this level or you let, you broke the back of English at well, school. It's, I'm sure I improved a lot since. But yeah, I, I came out of um, my secretary training after school and I tested IELTS 9. Which, so is, which, is, native, just, which is essentially native. Yeah, okay. you can't go higher than IELTS 9. Chris, so. what about you? I never took the secretary t uh, English test, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> well, I I think it comes down to you. Well, first of all, I want to say if you are from, let's say, Brazil, I, I know there are a lot of people learning English in Brazil, and it's a huge uh, amount of listeners on my podcast. I think it makes up about 20% or 30%, which is a huge amount. Uh, and I know a lot of people use my podcast to learn English from, which is, of course, very flattering. But I would say you should not listen to me for English advice if you are from anywhere else than Denmark, because the situation is going to be completely different. Um, what I can say that helped me was endless curiosity, which is also something I got from uh, Memorize, the Memorize guys, you know, um, Ed and Ben were the, the directors. And he basically what Ben told me was, if you guess the meaning of a word before you actually, um, you know, you, when you're actually seeing it for the first time, so if you see a Spanish word, and you don't know what it means. If you guess the meaning before looking it up, you're more likely to remember it. And I sort of use this, but like to the extreme. So when I was about six or something, we got our first computer and I really liked the idea of it. And, you know, games were awesome, but there were no Danish games, like yeah, some educational ones, but they were all crap. And so if you had to play a game, you had to learn English, you know, you just had to use English. So me and my friends, we were just guessing all the time. Like we were playing Pokemon, uh, red or blue on the Game Boy. It was completely in English. And, you know, when there was a word, you just guessed it. And when when I finally found out what it meant, that guessing really helped. And and so, of course, we had some, <laughs> some ridiculous mistakes that I, I can't remember right now. But, you know, I thought for maybe more than a decade that a word meant something. And then some people actually told me, you know, that doesn't mean what you think it means. But I was just like happy in my world that there was never, I never encountered it in a different way. Um, so that's what I would say, like just endless immersion and endless curiosity, like almost like a detective trying to figure out what things mean. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, that, that kind of advice is, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because this kind of advice is very familiar to people. We, we talk about this stuff all the time on the podcast and the blogs. So I don't know. I don't think we're gonna. It works. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. There's a few different elements the to this, thing. aren't there? Because like the, the the obvious answer to that is, well, yeah, if people actually did it, 
then you know, if you actually follow that advice and you actually spend hours a day just being curious about the language you're learning and spending that time with it, then you will, you can't help but improve. It's impossible. But that's what I mean. That's why I said, tw- that's why I said it's taken me 29 years to get to this level of English yeah. because I was sitting when I was seven years old, I was sitting for eight hours a day trying to figure out what a football manager game was trying to tell me in like a pop-up. So I was completely immersed in a, in a level that I have not done since. Okay. Like I don't, so- if I'm learning Russian, I don't sit for eight hours and try to decode mm. a, a Russian video game because I get bored, I get, I get distracted, I get disinterested. But back then it was just a requirement. All right, you know, so if I, I think, had to do. If I think about, because I didn't have that experience. So I'm listening with kind of fascination to this because I hadn't had that experience of uh, growing up with a language and having years to do that. Having said that, nor do I speak any of my languages to the level that you guys speak English. Uh, I don't think I ever will. I honestly don't think that I will ever get one of my foreign languages to the level of English that you guys have. And I think to a certain extent, it's a question of just having time on your side, right? I mean, yeah. 27 years. If I spent the next 27 years like working at Cantonese, <laughs> like, like hours and hours a day, would I become like your level? I don't know. Maybe. I think it's very unlikely. I think so. I think it's I very think unlikely. I think we didn't really work at it i think it two things that that are curious about your question in my mind is number one you're asking about like the moment where we realized we broke the camel's no back i'm not asking about like, the moment you realize i'm talking yeah, about I'm, try, I'm trying to get to i'm trying to get to what i'm trying to get at here moment. what i'm trying to get to here is like there are for you guys something happened that enabled you to go on to speak native level english now i'm 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 kind of mindful of many listeners who leave questions on this podcast mm-hmm. who say i'm learning english and i've been doing it for years what do i i need to i'm trying to improve this what should i do what should i do those guys i mean people listening to this work so hard like they they put in their they they, they are like <laughs> they put me to shame in the in their work their work their work ethic right and they are but they are not getting the same results that you guys got so I'm, what I'm trying to get at is what made the difference. Is it just the fact that you grew up in English immersion environments? I mean, do you see what, you I'm, know, what the, I'm asking? The only here? thing I really remember working on, really hard, really working on, um, is my accent. And that was around the time. And yeah, so here comes here comes Captain Obvious. I moved to England. <laughs> huh. Um, but yeah, when I moved to England, um, I went to university in England, but I was, you know, I, I was at native level before that, technically before that. Yeah. Yes, I was. And I don't know how, I, I mean, I, I was just really into it. I don't know. I just had it, you know, like, I don't know. I was, I, I wanted to marry Jarvis Cocker. Um, <laughs> not anymore, but I haven't aged well, but, <laughs> but you know, I was just, I was like England fangirl. I was known throughout my school for being into Britpop and yeah. and li- listening to these bands all the time. But the thing I really worked on was my my accent, and I would just really you know. And I didn't read the. I've never been a big fan of the what is it the phonetic alphabet. I can work with it, but like I made a German pronunciation course specifically in that course. Avoided the IPA as much as I possibly could because I think that's just. I don't want to learn another script to know another what no so it I just felt like something I did I think was listen and copy listen and copy listen and copy that was what helped me get rid of my 
not get rid of my accent, but, you know, like, that's why I think, and you sort of go over the top at first. So I think for the first years I lived in England, I lived in Lancashire, right? Northern England, my love. And in Preston and in Lancaster and in Manchester. And I still sound a bit Northern now. Uh, you do. But yeah, just, just a bit love. Um, but not as much as as I did at first because I was like listening to everyone around me and I was just copying them. So I was like trying to, I remember I, I worked in a, in like a corner shop, you know, just like a grocery sort of corner shop. And I was, that was when I was at my, at like peak Lancashire because there was lots of people coming in and like, oh, where's Beer, my love? And I'd be like, all right, over there around corner. And I went totally Yorkshire. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know the differences, but you know, like, I don't know. It's, it was, that was one thing that I think really made a difference. I could put my finger on and say, I worked on this. Like, not like I worked on this as in I have to, but like, yeah. I don't know. I love that phrase that you said, Chris, you came up with the endless, was it endless curiosity? Is that mm, what, is that the, yeah. I mean, that just, that seems to, that really strikes a chord with me, actually. It just the sense of like, it, it just kind of sums up not only what you have to do, but what, the way you have to think as well, right? Um, because what you guys are saying, it's just, what I really like about this is you're kind of, you're humanizing the, you're like the living embodiment of the, the, the kind of, the tips and advice that I tend to give here. Because I'm always, I, I, I tend to, I, I'm kind of aware that I tend to give very generic advice a lot because I just know it to be true. You know, if we're talking mm. about you know, what's the secret to learning a language, it's lots of listening and reading, lots of time, lots of speaking, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I just, I, I catch myself repeating myself all the time and I get tired of hearing myself say it. But here you are saying exactly that. And this is exactly what you've done. It's like, you know, Chris, this image of you playing the Game Boy when you're 12 or whatever, trying to figure out the, what's going on in English so you can play it. And like, Kirsten, you're going to the, working in a grocery shop and like, imitating the local I mean, it's just that's exactly what it is um and i guess i don't know i, I imagine yeah do you think that english just but has you a can't special tell people to do exactly that right but you can tell people to to have to develop this endless curiosity what? no well i just don't think that i think if people are saying to you that hey ollie i'm um, learning 10 hours a day I'm not getting anywhere then I think they're either lying or they don't know what hour means because there's just no way that you can put in that amount of effort and not get anywhere as soon as you assuming you do anything like if you just sit and like look into the wall of course you're not going to get anywhere but there's just no way and I think the reason that people aren't as uh, progressed in their languages they, they want to be is because they vastly underestimate what it takes to get to like, like we're talking here about a C2 level, like a mm. C1 plus, certainly. Um, and, you know, we did the political workshops, if you remember, where Richard and, and, uh, and Alex estimated that to, to get even to A2 would take six months to a year. And then even getting to C2, I mean, I can't even imagine, like you said, I don't think I'm ever going to be C2 in a foreign language. Mm. So, oh, well, hang on, no, I, a, I'm not sure. I think, there's a, I think we can draw a difference here between C2 and native-like. And, and native-like. Yes. Okay. You know. But that's fair enough. I, I can accept that. But I think that's what people people are hearing me speak English and they want that, but they don't understand that, it, like I said, it's taken me 29 years. If you spent 29 years on English and you don't get to my level, 
you can talk to me then about strategy, but I just don't believe it. I, there's just no way. Like, <laughs> if you spend 10 hours a day in English, you will be great at English, especially if you listen to a lot of native material. Do you agree uh, with that, Kirsten? Well, I'm wondering, is the question really, how do I get to native-like levels of comfort? Or, guess, is the quest- yeah. or is the question, how do, I ma- how do I feel like I'm actually getting somewhere? Because often, like that's that's when I, you know, like the the whole idea that I've been working on and like developing language habits, etc., and and the way I coach people and the way I have worked with people as a tutor, they never really, they never really care so much about their end result. Not in the day to day, they care about am I seeing progress? Am I getting somewhere? And then the question becomes, how do I see this progress? How do I know I'm not just treading water? And I think that is a really interesting question. Um, well, I don't think it's just that, that. You know, I don't think it's just that. I, I think I think people. I think people feel like they. I think people judge themselves by the best example. Are you asking they can about find. The, the sort of philosophical "is this possible" thing? No, not really. I no, not really. But I don't know. I think we possibly get we're possibly going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. Maybe we should pull ourselves back out of. But let me. Let me. <laughs> let me. Um, let me... You have three podcasters talking yeah. to each other. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna apply a bit of pressure here now. Okay, I'm I'm gonna strike English from your record because I'm gonna say, for the sake of this conversation, I'm gonna say that okay, you guys have grown up with English. Uh, you've got an unfair advantage. Things have worked out well. Good for you. But let's let's strike it from the record and let's talk about what we're doing now because. I'm here's the thing from one of the things that's always on my mind is at the moment if I'm completely honest if I look at back at the last few years I have not been as successful in my language learning in the last few years as when I was younger I'm talking like early 20s learning my first few languages like that the success I had back then like far out out like overshadowed cast a huge shadow over the uh the the success I feel like I've been having recently. Now I don't know whether it's because like back then I was learning French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese languages that you could say are relatively simple or relatively achievable for native English speakers uh, with a, a chunk of time and some and, and a bit of elbow grease, you know. Compared to the languages that I've just become interested in recently, which are uh, you know, Japanese, Cantonese, Arabic—extremely difficult languages by all accounts. So I don't know. I don't know, honestly, whether I'm just like. Do I make excuses for myself when I say like, I these these are really hard languages, and that's why I'm not so good at them, or do I just not practice what I preach? I don't know. I I, really, I honestly don't know the answer to this question because obviously there's lots of other facts. I don't. I have less time than I did when I was younger. I have less opportunity to just kind of go to Brazil for two months or whatever. Um, but the broader question here, I think, is like, do we practice what we preach? Because, you know, here we are, three three podcasters and bloggers talking about learning languages, right? Shouldn't we be judged based on what we're able to do now at this stage? Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Do you know the German word, uh, jein? No. It's, it's like... Yeah and nine put together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, but yes. 
I think. Um, yeah, well, well, I can take a, I can take a stab at this if you want. Uh, I certainly try to be a much better language learner when I'm encouraging people than what I really am in real life. So in a way, I'm aspiring to be the the encourager in a way. Um, but I would say one of my MOs, which uh, everyone who's anyone who's ever seen an email from me, is that I am actually terrible at this, and I'm trying to find out how to be less terrible. And so starting from that <laughs> platform, it's very hard for people to overrate me at least. Um, so I would say I would say that you know I. I certainly, it helps to have a blog and a podcast because you always got some external motivation. Um, but it would be very, very hard to live. Like, I mean, you're you're probably a better example of this, Oli, because you you kind of you you know you write you you speak eight languages or something like that. I don't know what the number is, but um, so you have a lot to live up to. And if people test you, they probably they can probably get disappointed. For sure. uh, so for you, the pre- the pressure must be enormous because you've already told people that you're a successful language learner. Uh, so it's different for me because I'm kind of like, this is my journey going from terrible to hopefully something at some point, but I'm not quite there yet. So, you know, it, it's not huge for me. So, but do you try to emulate, you're learning Russian, right? You're still learning Russian? Do you try to well, em- Spanish uh, these days actually? Do you try to emulate like when you try to learn Spanish or Russian? Do you try to emulate what you did when you were learning English? Like, do you try to live up to that, uh, or, are you, or do you, are you trying, <laughs> are you looking for new ways? Like, how do you approach it? Yeah, it's a good question. Like I said, I tried um, with Russian. I tried to. Uh, I was playing a bit of World of Warcraft a couple of years back, and I tried to download the Russian version. And I tell you, I got so bored of it after like couple of hours because it's you're just in a different stage of your life you're not that curious kid anymore and another thing that we haven't mentioned is that when you put all these learning tasks on your shoulders based on a blog or an audience it can seem like a job at sometimes you know like it doesn't always feel like you're doing it for yourself you sometimes feel oh i have to do this so i can tell you know dave in in america about it and I, so i can show him how how it's done but yeah, I tried it and then I failed miserably. And I think the point is that what worked before doesn't necessarily work later in life. And what I learned English with might not help me at all to learn Russian. Uh, but the only thing I can say is like experiment. I try a lot of different things, probably too many things to be honest. Actually, that's my Twitter bio. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> just keep experimenting until you find until you find what works. And and I haven't found it yet. You know, I, I change between methods all the time. Most consistent I've been is memorized. Like I just kind of um, forced learning with uh, spaced repetition. I know you really like Anki, but you found a lot of success in that. And I just, uh, I think that's my cornerstone. Then I try all these courses and videos and, and whatnot. Kirsten, what's your take on this? Should we, I mean, do you practice what you preach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm perfect. What's your problem? <laughs> no, I'm. Um, I've actually, I think, I think I'm better in my target language than I thought I would be. I know I've gone on a bit, like I don't know, like with every month that I add learning Welsh, I don't think, I don't think, ah, oh, it should be so awesome. It's, I think, yeah, man, I've been learning Welsh for a year and a half. This is really cool. I, I think what I want to exemplify 
symbolize, show people um, is positivity and excitement and joy in language learning, not results and achieving specific levels and whatever that is. I have continuously written about how my method is really slow. I feel I often feel self-conscious that I am slower and worse a language learner, self-teacher, whatever, than other people are. Um, and then I write an update on my Welsh learning every like six months and I realize I've actually come really far. And, and so what I struggled with the most was um, like keeping myself doing something every single day and not sort of having these big spurts of language learning. Um, and that's why I made the, the, the toolkit I made is basically what I was looking for everywhere and, and didn't see because I started doing the bullet journal and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I love it. Uh, where are all the language spreads? And there weren't any. So I, I made some up and then it became this like bigger thing. Um, and I don't know, like the stuff I make is stuff that I find really useful, except for German courses, because I already know German. But even that I made it because I wanted my students to, I didn't want to have to repeat the grammar points again and again. I wanted to refer my students to somewhere. So overall, I feel like I I practice what I preach in terms of preaching that your result doesn't matter as much as your attitude and your commitment and your your dedication to endless curiosity and and enjoying the journey enjoying the process I've never worried since I've been a self-teacher I've never worried about my level in it in itself yeah I think we all I think we all talk about that I mean we talk about the importance of taking pleasure in every in the, in the journey and stuff like that but I'm also caught between a, a bit of a, a kind of rock and a hard place with this one because, you know, I can look back on, for example, my experience learning learning Japanese. And it was, it, for me, like Japanese was one long, hard slog. It was really hard. And it was only through, like, over time that, I guess well, that's what we're saying, isn't it? Like time. It was only after, like, I tried to do the quick thing and it didn't work. It took me three years to learn Japanese to a point where I was conversationally, you know, confident. Mm -hmm. Um so I can look back on that and I can say, okay, cool. I, I should have just enjoyed the process more. Therefore, you've got to enjoy the process. Therefore, take it easy. But, but, that's, no, but, but, but that's having learnt. That's actually having learnt Japanese. The, what the, here's the thing. A lot of people listening to this are learning their first language. And they, they, they have not achieved what they want to achieve in their first language, right? And so yet. what yet? And so what people the way that people often articulate this, and I'm thinking of uh, of um Neil, who was discussing this with me in um a in a Facebook group. He was asking and this this is a really great uh, sort of embodiment of this, I think, because he was basically we were talking about memory, this is my memory course, and and he was saying uh you know we were experimenting with a technique that's all about natural learning. So reading a lot of dialogues, going over them many times, and just trying to process the, the vocabulary and the language. And, and, and he was asking, like, how does, how is this supposed to work? And, and my response was, well, if you take this approach and you kind of read a lot, listen a lot, really have this curiosity, 
engage with the language, then you will grow your vocabulary naturally over time. And he, and then he would say, well, yeah, but I don't remember anything from this whole week of love doing this. And I was like, yeah, but you've got to give it some time and don't be too harsh on yourself. And then his reply was, whilst I understand this kind of don't worry, be happy approach, I actually would quite like to get some results here, you know. And so for people who like, who haven't done what we've done, who haven't got a few languages under their belt, they don't know, they don't have that experience of having learned a language, they would, they would quite happily say, screw all that stuff. I just want the results. I want to speak the language. Yeah, I can enjoy it later. I'm, but for now, all I want to do is, is speak that language because it's really starting to bug me. You know, this is a really common um, mm-hmm. sentiment among mm-hmm. people that are learning their first their first foreign language. And I know I think we have a duty to temper this advice of like, go slow, enjoy the process with actual stuff that's, that works and is actually going to get results. I think that's that's important because otherwise, I, because I've always found I can see you sighing and like tutting and shaking your head. <laughs> I'll hand over to you in a sec. But I've always found that there is a huge difference between working at like, I don't know what the numbers would be here, 60% intensity and 80% intensity. When you're, when, when you're talking about how hard you're working every day, when you're pushing yourself, that's when you really get results. That's when you, that's when you, step up you know it's that level of really deep attention and focus that, and i think that when you have this attitude of when you take the approach the kind of don't worry be happy approach that that, that neil <laughs> sort of cornered me with um you run the risk of never reaching the level of intensity and focus that you need in order to get results i'll stop there i can't because if i start talking now it's i'll never stop <laughs> We'll go on, like, I just, in a sentence then. In a, okay. Where, where am I, I going think, wrong with that? Okay, number one, I think the don't worry, be happy approach is, in other words, is something that we all practice that I think we haven't mentioned, but is so worth mentioning, which is grit or steely persistence, right? Essentially, the, um, the growth mindset which is critical for learning, right? So, second aspect of that is I would then really call into question, um, not Neil, you personally, I don't know you, and I'm pretty sure you've done it. You've done exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and Ollie's just been giving you bad advice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We can can edit that bit out. No, but yeah, exactly. Let's edit that out. Um, Edit... But I would really like to call into question that that perception of results. Because if you have a list of vocab and you're memorizing that list and you're remembering five words out of 20, you got a result. Oh, my God. Don't aim for 100 percent. Aim for uh, aim for 100. But then give yourself not just give yourself credit, but actually realize that getting three quarters of the way there is a huge result and you're going to get there to the rest and that that what it takes between getting uh, 50% there and 100% there is persistence right and that could be called don't worry be happy approach which is trusting the process but 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 that trusting the process automatically implies keep doing the work which which is really really important so two aspects there really is number one I think the approach is right because I think the approach means keep working. If you stop, that's when you've lost. 
And second, but you know, that is generic advice. Again, I recognize that. But secondly, in particular, for somebody who says I'm not getting results, I would call into, not call into question, but just look closely at the type of result you're expecting. Because I think what a lot of, especially first-time language learners do, is they're expecting results that are just not realistic. But what if you're doing not something that doesn't work? Anybody. What if, you, hmm? what if you're studying in a way that, because of course, we all know that it's, you can waste your time when you're studying. Big time. So like, can you though? Yeah, of course you can. What do you? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. Okay. I. But I always advise people to practice all four core skills, and I think that's so important. So if you're just doing listening, listening, listening all the time, and then you're wondering why you're not speaking, well, it's because you haven't spoken, right? Is you have to work in all four core skills. That's to me is incredibly important. But as long as you're doing that, I don't think there's a really wrong. But, way it, of but you're, you're talking as if there's what well, there is like. It's obvious how to practice those core skills. Like, like so you say, well, pra- you say, you say, practice listening. Okay, so I go off and listen to like, like podcasts or whatever when I'm a one. I'm wasting my time. No, well, but, but then, I, I mean, I can't tell you. I can't tell you every single sort of like breaking it down now would actually be a six-hour podcast. No, I mean, but what I'm trying to get to, to, what I'm trying to get to, is yeah. the, is the point that there is such thing, such a thing yeah. as effective. Or efficient studying, and then lots of degrees in between. You know, so, so that when if you like, if if the if the only piece of advice we cut you kind of fall back on is just be happy and carry on, then you're no. just you're you're at risk of um of of uh, of sidelining the importance of how you no. learn and how you study and, and, and learning technique and all of that. I mean, uh, yeah. Because you want to base your next step on what you can do now, right? And I think I think people think I want to have a conversation, and I am at zero, and they don't necessarily think of all the in betweens. So it's just like like you have to think about the different steps it takes to get there, and it's this whole zone of proximal development thing, where your whatever goal you set yourself has to be outside your comfort zone, mm. but just a bit, and not six miles outside your comfort zone. KB, what, so you, what are you thinking over there? Mm. Well, I, the first thing I thought was that, well, I, I sometimes uh, compare language learning with, uh, with weight loss or getting in shape. And it it seems like uh, this person, was Neil, um, would be similar to somebody who said, well, I went to the gym all week, but I haven't lost any weight. And it's just like, if you have that mindset, then you need to fix that mindset early on. And if I have to do a little plug, uh, I, I create a whole a course about the right mindset to learn languages because I feel like people go into it with completely ridiculous expectations. So someone like Benny Lewis or something, I also want to give a shout out to because his materials can give people quick wins that will motivate them for a long time. But I think if you go in with the idea that I could be the next Benny Lewis like I did when Russian, you will find out at three months in that you're useless and hopeless and you might even give up language learning. It was only because I had a blog that I kept going because I got nowhere in three months because I'm not Benny Lewis. So that's what I would say that the person you need to understand when you go into language learning, that it's not something that happens overnight or in a week. Um, I get where you say that if you don't see any progress, motivation can be extremely difficult. And this is why I recommend that you actually measure the things that you can control. Instead of saying, oh, I remembered uh, 50 words out of 100 last week, you instead say, I worked five hours on my German, 
and you did maybe a certain number of lessons or a certain, you know, something that you can track in a spreadsheet or in a notebook or whatever you want to use, because then you're constantly getting that um, feel good in your brain that you're taking off the list uh, instead of uh, trying to base your emotions on something that you can't really control. Like, I can control how many pages of Russian I read, but I can't control how many uh, words I'm going to remember the next week, you know? Um, so that, that, those would be my thoughts. On yeah, that. but you can control, you can't, <clears throat> you can't control how many words you're going to remember, but you can learn techniques that make you more likely to remember those words. Yeah. I mean, this week, for example, I've been using mem a memory palace, which is not something I do that often. But I have been because there's been this, this not really, <laughs> really irritating set of Cantonese words that just won't bloody stick no matter what I do. So I decided to sit down and make a memory palace and it took like an hour over it, which, you know, I, not, I don't always have the patience for this, but I took an hour over the memory palace. I planned it hours. And I know those words now, you know, yeah. whereas there were like... But those are tactics though. Those are tactics. There's difference between... Right, but for someone that doesn't know, tactics. but for someone that doesn't know what, what I'm getting at, for someone that doesn't know that stuff, doesn't know how to do it. Like, okay, I've given an extreme example of a memory palace, right? But, mm. but we could talk about lots of degrees in between yeah. where, where, you know, where, you know, for example, someone that's coming at language only for the first time has no idea how to memorize a word and you yeah. show them mnemonics, you've changed their life overnight just by showing them mnemonics. Right. And well, then... I did a talk last week at, um, at Lancaster uni, you know, like one of the top 10 universities in the country. And I spoke to first year language students, they're up initial language learners. So they're new to it. And my talk was about, techniques for vocabulary learning so talked about memory palaces said that i can't be bothered with them <laughs> but um but i talked about image association i gave an example sort of the my example is usually the the french word nuageux cloudy um lots of people smoking hippies right sounds new age new age hippies hippies smoking happy in a cloud that was before that that word never ever stuck in my head or the welsh word for spoon is clue which I couldn't remember until I realized it sounds like slurping. So now it's in my head. So that image association or association with the sound works for me every single time. However, it, I think this is why we as, I don't know, advicey people um, hold back sometimes unless we're giving advice to a specific person and we know them. We have to give generic advice because what I don't want to do is tell somebody to do image association and then that person to feel like they're a loser when it doesn't work for them. So the whole idea is when I wrote um, my book on vocab learning, it was it's called the vocab cookbook because cookbooks are like, you know, like this about 20 million ways to make a salad. But no recipe is wrong. You just like one more than the other. And that's the whole idea. In my opinion, that's the whole idea of what Chris called tactics then, is you you have to give people options to try out the different tactics. But what sticks with you is so dependent on you, your age, your brain, your background, your personality, that it's difficult to give specific advice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting you said that, because that's exactly what I did in in my my memory caught in bulletproof memory as well mm -hmm. it's exactly that we had like this was kind of an experimental course for me but i really i really liked it because we had like five weeks and every week you learn a new memory technique and you go off and then you do that for a week mm -hmm. and then next week we learn a new memory technique and you go off and do that for a week and people like you know some people like loved some of them and really didn't get on with the other and like the example i gave earlier of neil he didn't get on with week three Mm -hmm. but that was cool because what that 
actually ended up meaning was that that showed that he learned something about himself right there. Yeah, because that he, is a result, right? Because he learned, he learned, and this is what I tried to make him realize when we were in the Facebook group. I was trying to say, like, okay, on the one hand, I want to push you a little bit. I want to say, let's carry on, try and do this a bit more, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you may be the kind of person for whom some structure in the form of flashcards, special repetition, so you've got something solid to and consistent to do every day works for you best. Um, and either way, by experimenting with all these different things, you kind of you, you learn stuff, don't you? And you learn about how you learn best. And and also, Kirsten, like we were doing a a, uh, a video the other day, weren't we, for your new um, your new toolkit, which is called the Language Habit Toolkit. The language Habit Toolkit, and it's the best thing ever. Best thing ever. And in the video, and w- one you. of the things that we were talking about was. The fact that you kept, I think you kept asking me about what I do every day, how I learn every day, and I and I kept saying, well, I kind of just do the same thing. And yeah. you were and you were pressing me on that. I said, well, don't you do anything else? And I was like, well, no, not really, because I just know this works now. I can't. I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Oli, Oli. Yeah. I have a great idea. Go on. Since this is your two hundred episode, why don't we give away everything we have to one person commenting? On the website like one copy of your language learning foundations one copy of bulletproof memory my habits course kirsten's habit the toolkit ev- the lot for one one winner pick randomly do they get a steak dinner with you as well well <laughs> do they get <laughs> they some of that, uh, that whiskey that is not older than you is it only yeah. for people who are older than the whiskey <laughs> Well, no, I would say anyone can apply. I just thought of it. 200, you know, celebrate, celebratory. We're talking about all these products. You know, why not give it all away to someone? Oh, I want to see something in that comment. I'm up for it. But why don't we make it more than one person? Just so that for everybody that's listening, this is not planned, by the way. Chris has literally, yeah. just, <laughs> he's literally just come out with this. Um, I, well, these two what people it, are generous. And I'm like, make them work for it. Yeah. Ask a question. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, why don't we why don't we make it more than one person though? Because then that would be cooler. Why don't we give it? Why don't okay. we give it? Why don't we give everything we've got to two hundred people? Because then it's the it's the two hundredth episode. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> if you get two hundred, if no, you that, get two hundred listeners, that, that, would, <laughs> that might be a bit. Well, if we've got two hundred comments, that would be a record breaking thing. Um, right. Okay. Well, well, what? Let's do it. For, how about three, three of us? Three people. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. What? Yeah, are, and it. what are we? All right. So three people are going to get access to everything that we've got. Uh, yeah. Which for me is a bunch of courses, short story books, uh, fluent Spanish Academy. For Chris, what is it for you? I've got a uh, like the routine course, which is a, a six week uh, course on how to build the perfect language learning mindset. And then I've got a uh, my ebook and audio version. And I've also got an upcoming Danish project, which I'll invite them to be beta testers of. Nice. Kirsten, you've, I think you probably already mentioned <laughs> a lot of the stuff. <laughs> Anything else? Not, not even half, thank you. <laughs> I've got, um, I have two grammar courses, French and German. I've got a German pronunciation course, which in my opinion is the best German pronunciation course you could do. Um, I'm usually so bad at promotion. The answer seems to be beer. Um, <laughs> no, you've done a great job. I was going to say, you've like, you've, I heard someone say the other day that when you do podcast interviews, you should say the name of your website uh, seven times because that's the number of times that it takes it to get it to, for it to stick in someone's mind. 
Right. So I you've all failed on that. You've all failed. Okay, let's do this. So let's, okay, so three people are going to win everything we've got from all three of us. What, yeah. what are they going to, what do they have to do? How are we going to choose? Well, they have to comment on your, on the episode, right? Yeah, so you what, put a smile. What, just, just any old comment? Can they leave a smiley face? And No, I always love it when people upload a picture. So I, and, and something that I get really excited about is pictures of people's bookshelves or study routine or something you know that that kind of shows them studying so you could either ask people to upload a video doing a bit of uh, speaking their target language that would be lovely um but it's your podcast so (laughs) or or a picture i'm really i like that kind of all right well i'm not sure if videos are going to work in uh what do i use for my comments um discuss Discuss? Uh, Mm. but pictures will so why don't we say post a picture in the comments of this episode which will be at iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash episode 200. Um, post a picture of something that represents your daily language, your, your language life, whatever that may be. So it, that could be a picture of a memory palace. It could be your bookshelf. It could be your, your book club. It could be your speaking, whatever it may be. Post a picture that represents, that show, that like, I don't know, illustrates you and your languages and what you do and what you love about them. And then we'll pick three people from that to, awesome. to 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 get a bunch of cool stuff. Does that sound good? And it's a big prize. I mean, oh yeah, that's, that's a good bundle. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Of course, I'm the one with I'm one with the least products here, so I just throw in all your products. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to come up with the idea. All right. Well, that was uh, unexpected, but a wonderful idea. I should have thought of that actually before just yeah. to do something to. Do we uh, get to pick one welcome. each? What do you mean? Do we get to pick one each? Well, each of us one picks one of the comments. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. That'd be really fun. We'll do that. We'll come back in like a week from... You've got... How, how long do we give people? A week? Mm-hmm. Two weeks? Two weeks? Chris, what do you... Yeah, give them two weeks. Two weeks. One. All right. From the date of the publication of this, which is not going to be... Actually, it's going to be sometime after we're recording it, but for the... So from the date this goes live, you've got two weeks to come to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 200. Leave a comment in the show notes with a picture of your... Um, of your of your language world, whatever it may be. Make, also, make sure that you are registered. Don't, don't, don't comment as a guest, because if you do, we can't get in touch with you. So you have to, you have to actually be a, a, you know, sign up to the commenting thing so that you can um, we can contact you by email afterwards uh, that's that's super important and uh, yeah we will each select one person to get access free access to everything that we've got as a gift a gift from us to to thank you for supporting uh me um <laughs> and uh <laughs> the, yeah chris and kirsten are just uh here for the moral support uh but um i'm really looking forward to seeing you guys yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Not, yeah. not you guys, Ollie and Chris, but you guys who are listening. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Although it would be cool to meet up sometime in uh, wherever that may be. We did actually talk about flying Chris over to the UK to record this episode. Yeah, it was close. Because it, it's, uh, you know, it's like £20 return with uh, Ryanair. And I like, I love London. So I always have any any excuse to go over. It's usually good. But unfortunately, I had some other stuff to do uh, this week. But uh, hopefully soon I'll be over. Um, or Bratislava maybe but you're not going to that are you only? unfortunately I'm not going to Bratislava but uh, I will be going to Montreal so should everybody else Language Fest Montreal mm-hmm. 2017 I'm organising it do you have anything to do with that? yeah Stephen Crash is going which is going to be very very cool but 
how can you not come to Bratislava? It's like two hours away from your home. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to not travel that much this year, to be honest. I'm, I'm... Kaufman is coming, man. Yeah, but I'll see Steve in Montreal. Kaufman is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see Steve in Montreal. And, um, no, you're right. And uh, going. I'll be going to the Polyglot Conference as well in Reykjavik in, when is it, October? Yeah, end of last uh, weekend of October. So I'll see, I'll see, you, see both, both of you there. Anyone that's interested in coming along to these events, go and go ahead and Google them. It's the Polyglot Gathering in Bratislava. The Montreal Language Festival in uh, Montreal. Montreal. And the uh, Polyglot Conference in Reykjavik. We're all going to be at some of these, so you, you'll get to meet us and a bunch of other great people, great, uh, inspiring language-related people. So um, We're going to meet us and then some great people. Yeah, and Chris might buy you a drink as well, just to... Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Especially in Reykjavik. <laughs> Oh yeah, I need uh, to take a personal loan to buy beers in Reykjavik. <laughs> All right, well I think that's it. I think that's a good place to draw it to a close. Um, thanks, guys. It's been fun. I didn't know what we were going to yeah. talk about, but I think it's been. Do um... you feel like we've solved all the problems of language learning? I think you have. Yeah, we fixed it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's we'll find. Enough. We'll find out. You can also go go to the comments and let us know if we if if this was a total waste of your time or if you actually learned anything. If you did, if you liked anything we said, go ahead and let us know in the comments as well. Um, you know, or if you hated it, or if you hated mm-hmm. it, either, either way, we just want we just we just want you to comment. Um, yeah, it's all about and, having fun. And <laughs> please, please subscribe to Chris's podcast and Ollie's podcast. You're already subscribed to, um, and mine, if I may, because new episodes coming, and I'm just so excited because podcasting, you know, like has been. It, I don't know. It's been lying low in my life, and I'm I'm just genuinely excited about coming back. Yeah, so we've got the act, Chris's podcast is Actual Fluency, which is cool because mm-hmm. Chris is actually fluent in English, which is great. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and then Kirsten's podcast is the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Is that right? Yes. Which yeah, is good because she is thing. extremely creative. I can vouch for that. And um, this podcast, if you're not subscribed, because some of you won't be, what are you doing? Go ahead and click subscribe and subscribe because that's what happens when you click subscribe and uh, that way you'll get lots of new episodes and we'll keep in touch and uh, have a bunch of fun so guys have a good evening wherever you are that was weird I just got a load of feedback (laughs) Uh, Chris is frozen right at the right at the last minute never mind I've had some polls though Kirsten, thank you very much. Chris, thanks very much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show and for giving everybody all this, uh, all this, uh, well, your time and your insights for the episode 200. I hope to have you back individually for something again in the future. And uh, that's it. Take care. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It's been really fun. Talk to you later. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Once again, uh, I'd just like to thank you for supporting the podcast and for being so awesome. Best of luck with your language learning. I'm here to answer your questions, to help out in any way that I can. But until next time, all the best. And again, if you'd like to leave us any comments on this episode, I will teach you a language.com forward slash episode 200 is the place to do that. Talk to you soon.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free. And if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.